it's your girl Charles. And it's Rats of the Realness and we're back with another episode of Mama Drama Pod. Today, as you can see, we are joined by two lovely guests from the Two Twos podcast. And this episode, we are focusing on Pride Awareness, June is Pride Awareness Month. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Thank you for being so prompt and getting back to us and everything. So we don't tend to introduce our guests. We want our guests to introduce themselves so we get a real flavour of who you are. Um, so I'm going to start off. I'll start off with Nana. Nana, can you introduce yourself to us, please? <laughs> Uh, um, <laughs> this is so weird introducing introductions I'm Nana I'm one half of T2's podcast I'm also a filmmaker and um, yeah that's about it that sounds interesting about that's about it I mean you know you know do a little bit of this and that but you know for the most part it's a podcaster and a filmmaker cool and then Rose Yes, I'm Rose. I'm the other half of Tutu's podcast and also um, founder of Black LGBT Therapy Fund. And I'm someone's mom and I'm just all around enjoyment here to live life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we love it. And actually, we was talking behind or off the um, camera and we, we basically know each other through people and it's just crazy mm. we're saying how London is so small and the world is small but yeah it's lovely to have you guys on before we get into the episode we're going to do a quick kind of little icebreaker um just to get into the swing of it I know it's the bank holiday weekend and everyone's still hanging a little bit but we need to wake you guys up <laughs> wow <laughs> Why so loud? Why are you coming for me? Why? <laughs> oh, Wake man. you guys up so we can get into this and really discuss everything. So we're going to play a bit of um, this or that. We've got about, I think, five or six this or that. Yeah, so you basically got to choose one or the other and then we can just go around and say it. So I'm just going to throw the first one out there. Nike or Adidas? Nike. Nike all the way. Oh, Nike it's, all the way, yeah. Nike. I don't go out unless I have Nike socks. Nike. Really? Yes, yes, yes. She actually doesn't. We've been shopping for socks before going out before. She actually doesn't. Yeah. yeah. So what's so good about the Nike socks in particular? I, I don't know. I just it's just a bit of me. Do you know what I'm saying? I can't. Comfort. Yeah, it's part. It's part of my vibe. So Nike all the way. I have a quick question though. So say if you wanted to wear Adidas tracksuit, would you wear Nike socks? I've stopped wearing Adidas tracksuits because. <laughs> It's deep. I do have Adidas shoes. I do have Adidas trainers, but they're white and they don't have the, like the logo. They don't have the black and white. So they're, you know, you can't tell. So I wear socks, Nike socks with those. Okay. Because to me, that's a, that's like a faux pas. You can't do I know, Nike I Adidas. Okay. No, okay. <laughs> I, mean, I used to work in Nike, so to me, I'm, I did wear Adidas yesterday, I'm not going to lie, but... <laughs> I'm for, I'm for the calls. I'm for the Nike calls. I used to work there. I'm loyal-ish. <laughs> <laughs> no, right, the only thing I like about Adidas is just, you know, like the classic, the classic, not the, mm. I'm not saying I'm down for shelters. I'm really not down for shelters right now in my life, but you know the tracksuits, just the, the calm tracksuit sometimes. They've got the kids who have to do matching. And I've got yeah. a nice Adidas uh, full body jumpsuit I like to wear sometimes. But aside from that, Nike all around, right? Nike all around. But Adidas <laughs> is the tracksuits that I like sometimes. All right, I'm going to say I'm Nike for trainers. Trainers is a must. They have to be Nike. But in terms of like gym wear, Adidas actually have some nice cool stuff. I like guys in Nike tracksuits. I don't mind Adidas though because I'll put Lucas in Adidas as well. So it just depends. I'm a bit of a mix and a blend. But in terms of trainers, I'm wearing Nikes only. Period. All right, the next one says gym or athletic. So, Shell's picked this. Shell's, do you mean for yourself, like going to the gym or w- w- going for a run? All right, but first of all, girls, do you work out? Hell no. Not everyone works out in here. I do not. I do not. Well, no, I'm lucky. I'm do you lucky. know what? For the record, I'm going to say yes for the record. You went the other day in, in how, how long? <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I've, I like to think that I'm going regularly, but I go like once every couple of weeks. But I'm trying to it, fix up because the lockdown wait has been real. It's been real. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really a gym babe. Not gonna lie. <laughs> not gonna I'm lie. with you both on that. I gym walking up and down the stairs. That's about as far as I do exercise. I'm not doing anything more than that. And actually, yesterday I got told that the wait 
you need to go and sort out your weight. <laughs> 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 I was told, what? yeah, you guys are you you're putting on a bit of weight, my mister. He said, yeah, yeah, this lockdown, yeah. the weight is waiting and I can see it myself, but I'm just like, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Can't come and kill yourself. Life is hard, you know. <laughs> Very hard. <laughs> as long as you're happy and you feel healthy, you know, my exactly. God. <laughs> We're doing the best we can, okay? Staying alive, do you know what I mean? Stay alive. <laughs> Literally. All right, then. So, cocktails or beer? Oh, oh cocktails. Cocktails. No, but having said that, though, when I worked in birthdays in Dalston many moons ago, I they used to give out free drink, and the only drink, free drink they'll give out, the, you know, was beer. You know, because they're cheap. So, <laughs> yes, I used to drink beer on the reg, but it's definitely a cocktail. Let's get into the app, guys. Um, it is Pride Awareness Month, as Rack has mentioned. And actually, last year, we done an episode um, with a couple... And I feel like we got Rax's face has just said it all. We we got a little bit of a backlash. I don't know. They not came backlash. for us, guys. They came for us. People came for us in abundance. It was really? Bad. really? Uh, Why? There's, there's people are homophobic. People are oh, still yeah. homophobic. So we just decided to do it because we we want to raise awareness on so many things, inc- including this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had people messaging like, "Why are you guys doing this? Why are you giving these people a platform?" Oh, was, yeah. and these are your yeah. listeners. I wouldn't say they're loyal listeners, but you know when you know people. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey. Hey. I've grown up with people who know, so they see you yes. sharing things. Mm-hmm. Just... Right. Yeah. It's, I understand. We had a guest when I think our first time we had a straight person on the podcast, and um, they basically said, "Oh, if their son, we asked them if their son was gay, like how would they feel about it?" And they were like, "Do you know what? You know, I'm learning. I'll accept it. All that stuff." And then her friends ripped into her like but these are people that when we see them out they say hello and all this stuff but they ripped into her like why are you going on this gay platform and all this stuff so you know there are there are people of our age that are still like that for sure yeah so we're back again this year with a different spin on it um and I think we wanted to look more at obviously well not obviously but yeah you've mentioned it before Rose actually um that you are a mum so we want to look at it from a parenting kind of angle but we have got some other questions that we've already shared with you guys that will cover some things that people may or may not know or may want to know yeah um for me it's all about learning I'm not clued up on everything. I don't think Rack is either. She could speak for herself. But it's just about learning and just being open to understanding. Um, everyone's lifestyle is different. Everyone is who they are and people are people. And that's just a long and short of it, okay? So the first question that we have is basically, because obviously our listeners may not follow you on Instagram or they may not know about your podcast. So in terms of your sexuality, um, how would you define yourself? Um, I would define myself as queer. And I know like when you, people will say, oh, you know, the the alphabet mafia because we get, we got bare letters, but um, like queer, I think encompasses like everyone kind of I think and it, it just for me that makes because because sexuality is quite fluid you, like more time people are still exploring people you can be one thing today and another like six months do you know what I mean down the line so I don't actually want to put a fixed label on it so queer is just it just makes sense for me it's just everyone is included in queer so yeah mm, I, I don't um, identify as queer I identify as gay I prefer gay to lesbian because I just feel like I feel like white. I feel like when I hear lesbian, I feel like I hear white people. So I prefer to go with just gay. And um yeah, and also my pronouns are she and they pronouns. So the reason why I use both is because like if I've just met someone, they're a stranger, and to me words mean things. So if um they 
sometimes I get misgendered as well. I say it's a point where I don't, but I used to, <laughs> I used to get misgendered quite a lot. And to me, like if someone uses the word she, I don't know if I am their expect- expectations of what she and her is. So I prefer about people to get to know me and then call me she. But before that, I prefer to stay because I don't know if I'm going to fit into the, what their definition of what a woman is, like she is. And that's why I use both pronouns. Interesting. Okay. So, um, would you feel offended? Sorry, Ray. Would you feel offended if somebody said, oh, she or her over there? Would that offend you if they didn't know you? Do you know what? It doesn't offend me. I wouldn't use the word offence, but sometimes, like if I go to like a restaurant, for example, and they say, oh, madam, come here, come and sit down here. I don't, I, that's when I feel uncomfortable with it, like those kind of settings like that. Or if um, if I'm at work and someone that I've just met, will they say, oh, young lady or young woman? I don't like it in that kind of way. But, um, but I wouldn't say it's like, I don't feel offended. It's just, I think it's a self-uncomfortability rather than me being offended by them saying it. I noticed on Instagram, they've actually, and a lot of platforms and in the workplace as well, they've um, added on people that added on their pronouns. I done mine, I done she, her on my Instagram. Um, at work, I haven't added one on. Um, but before um, society was really like looking at that, did it bother you as much? Or do you think that now that it's become recognised, it's a little bit more, like, actually, it's a bit prominent to you and now you're more conscious of it. Yeah, I think um, I'm more conscious of it. And I think that as with many people, you have to learn things. So even, like, when I first heard about non-binary and they, them, I think I was a little bit ignorant towards it before. And I used to say things like, you know, you're either one or the other and stuff like that. But um, the more I became educated on it and I could, I actually just thought, oh, do you know what? I do identify some of these things. Like, you know, it is, gender is on a spectrum. And even the way I present to society is not what society is telling us what a woman should be like. So, you know, if if that's what society is telling me, then where do I fit on that spectrum? And I had to question that and really dig deep into how I want to identify and how I present in society as well and whether I want to even subscribe to a lot of the norms that society said that we have to be like. And I don't naturally anyway. So it's I just rather just not care about what the label is. Um, so yeah, but it's definitely something that, and also like the more that it's more popular, people use it. We have some friends that have like changed their genders and stuff, and we also have to understand and accommodate them and respect what how they want to be identified as well, because it does ultimately come down to respect. And if you respect people, you try to understand people, understand where they're coming from, and that's just I feel like that's just the basic thing, regardless of gender as well. It's just how it is. Nana, do you go by what pronouns do you go by? Have you picked any? Yeah, I go by she, they. And I don't know, I just feel like I've always just felt like I don't belong to any gender. Like, I just didn't ever feel like I fit into what society's expectations of what a woman or female should be. So I just, and I don't quite fit into the other side. So I don't know, I'm somewhere in between or something. So, so she, they make sense to me. And just like Rosie, I think... It's when it's when people use certain words like ladies or because they, there's expectations attached to it. So lady naturally you think when you think about lady, you think, oh, they're this, you know, feminine presenting person. And it just doesn't it just doesn't it just doesn't feel right when somebody refers to me as a lady. Like, I don't feel like a lady. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, there's definitely like, you know, uh, expectations attached to those those words. So I prefer it like Rosie, if some if I, somebody is somebody I don't know. I don't want them to have expectations of me as a woman because I don't subscribe to, you know, those quote unquote norms, you know. So, yeah, definitely uh, she, they, yeah, just, and I don't mind, like, but like with gender, I actually don't care. And I want to, I want us to come to a, a place where we don't care about gender. Like, it's not, it really doesn't matter yeah. for me. Like, gender is not important. Do you know what I'm saying? But yeah. You know, it's amazing how much of a big thing it is still for some people. I think we've recorded on, or we've spoken about when, when we were pregnant and, you know, like people are mm. into what the gender going to be, all the expectations, 
gender disappointment when you don't get the gender you want, we're really like, what does it mean when the child comes to be? So many questions. But another one we have is, so you've explained how you identify with your sexuality and like your pronouns, but how does it all interplay with your race? So from me, where, where I'm standing, it looks like things have come a long way. Obviously that doesn't mean everything's perfect, but there's so much more visibility now. Like the, the fact that there's your podcast, we've had Domsky on in the past as well from the Damn podcast, it, we can clearly see like black women walking in their truth or whatever the sexuality is. So there's so much more visibility, but how is it being a black, black woman in the space? So, you, so now I'm nervous when I say black woman, am I, am I offending you by a guy? No, 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 no. I feel because you understand like right. where we're coming from, it's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. But yeah, being black and <laughs> sexuality, how have you, have you found it? Because of course, as we said, we've got backlash for our episodes. So are you still experiencing like a lot of stigma on a daily basis? <laughs> It's, it's, a, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because, you know, we are black, we are women, and we are queer. Like, you know, I think be, I think that intersectionality is a hard one to navigate because you're right in the middle there, and then you have black people being like, oh, you know, you're gay, it doesn't matter, you know, what's important, we have to fight about race and stuff. And then they completely disregard, you know, your queer identity. And then, you know, when you're, when you're in a queer community, there's a hierarchy, like it's white gay men that are at the top of the hierarchy. And there is racism in the queer community. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, it's very, very hard to navigate. And you just feel like, rah, I'm just in the middle of all this. And then obviously being a woman on top of that, there's also that, you know, misogyny, patriarchy, all that. So there's actually a lot going on. <laughs> there's actually a lot going on. It's hard to navigate. And then you just feel like you're angry all the time because you just, it's just, everything's coming at from different angles. So it is a hard one to navigate, I think. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think, do you know what, with that question, when I've, whenever I think about it, I just think about navigating within our community, in our black community like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard, like, me and Anna don't go to a lot of family functions, do you know what I mean? Like, we don't go to a lot of, like, um, like weddings, and we don't even get invited, actually. That's why we don't, <laughs> we don't get invited. That part. Yeah, so, like, even stuff like that, we do get pushed away from our culture. Sometimes when it feels like when you come out, there's certain things within your culture now you can't take part in, or even religion, like we all grew up like in church, whether it was heavily religious or not. Like, you know, Billy Porter said in his interview last week that um, when you come out, your spirit, your spirituality is stolen from you. And it is, you feel like you just don't belong. And all of that comes in with our culture as black people. And um, so, yeah, it's definitely hard to exist as a black queer woman. It's really hard to exist as a black woman anyway. Like sometimes black men don't have our back. Like that's just period, yeah. But then when you add queer on top of that as well, it's just you are further like ostracized. And then then that's when we go and have our own community though. So like we just move, like most of my friends are um, black and queer. Like we've just had to create our own tribe and, you know, chosen family. And that's, that's how it be like that. If ballroom scene, that's why you have the ballroom scene and they have their families as well. But just because you are pushed out. And sometimes even if no one is pushing you out, you just feel like you don't belong. So you don't have a space there. Um, so yeah, that's thing. It's, it is sometimes it is like, okay, things are improving. But we still have a long way to go. We still have a long way to go. Because you, sometimes you go somewhere, you can still see, you can feel that someone is looking at you with an evil eye sometimes. <laughs> wow. You guys have done so well creating a safe space, though, for people who are like you. Like, I've been in one of the clubhouse rooms. I think one of the early ones that you've done, it was popping, you know. Everyone everyone just seemed so at home. So it was it was nice. It was like that shared community for people there. And, yeah. Yeah, it's, nice. it's a nice feeling. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that um, just in reflection of what you guys have said, it must be like, I don't even know hard if that's the right word to use, but imagine growing up being surrounded by your family and maybe them potentially not knowing. And then when you come out and said, oh, I identify as this and this is who I am as a person, it's like, I don't want nothing to do with you anymore. I don't want to talk to you. I don't know. Who's that? Who's that? She's not coming to the party. Do you know what I mean? I think that must be really hard and lonely, like, because your family is somewhere that you feel that you're supposed to belong. You should be able to be yourself. You should be able to express yourself. And if you can't do those things, it's like, wow, what was all of that going through my childhood? What was that about? And then now becoming. So I find that really... um, yeah, I'm not shocked by it, though, because we know how the black community can be. And I'm sure it happens in other communities, especially ethnic groups as well, where um, people are still very homophobic and they don't 
understand or they don't choose to understand and religious plays a religion plays a very very massive factor into their beliefs in terms of what sexuality is um off the back of that i know there's like a lot of in the media in the news um and depending on your religion as well and i'm going to just use the time i know you guys have identified as um, queer but gay and lesbians um having children or not having children um should they be allowed to have children why is a gay person having a child or why is lesbian um couple having children should they even have children they can't procreate naturally so why is having a child an option of theirs what are your thoughts around some of those views um <laughs> i think that those views are quite stupid personally i think they're a bit mad because like people can have kids do you know what I mean and like when people say things like you know um queer people can't have kids like naturally like there are some cisgendered women when I say cisgendered women I mean women who identify with the um cisgender heterosexual men that identify with the gender outside at birth and they're also straight when I say that and some they they can't have some can't have kids kids. so what does that mean you know even some men can't have kids some men can't have kids so like does that mean that they don't deserve or does that mean they are some they should be stigmatized as well like why can't and also they would have the option to adopt they would have the option to have whatever the other options are um that's open to them but uh, should that be closed off because they can't actually have kids you know and I feel like it's the same like I feel like people there's op- different options to have kids if you are um suitable to be a parent if you've got the best interest for the child then I don't see the problem like children need a safe space if you can give it to them that's all that is and and I feel like we have to think about why like what what are the you know the people that say that that, that queer people shouldn't have kids or gay and lesbian people shouldn't have uh, kids what is the reason behind that like what what is where what is the fear like at the end of the day like as Rosie said like kids need like just uh you know a loving you know safe space and a lot of people in the LGBT community can provide that. So I just don't understand where, where is that coming from? We always, we always know that it, like, it's rooted in homophobia, but what is the fear? Like, I don't understand that like, we're going to corrupt these kids. Because at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're gay, but we came from straight people, you know? We came from straight people. So it just doesn't make any sense. I think, you know, homophobia is so irrational. It's so irrational. It makes zero sense. It doesn't make zero sense. So yeah, I, I think it's stupid. Incredibly stupid. You know what? It is literally that those irrational, like ignorant fears that people have. It might be, oh, gay parents are going to raise a gay child, as you guys said. You've come from straight people, and there's an annoying sometimes link that people draw between being gay and being a paedophile. I don't know if you guys have come across it, like that the child's automatically going to be mistreated because the couple identifies part of the the queer community. Is absolutely mind-boggling, mind-boggling, really. It's crazy because um, obviously like, I don't I don't know if people when people that say that I wonder if they know that um, two consenting adults being together is not the same as that. Do you know what I mean? Like these two consenting people. Even even if I wasn't with anyone, if I was a single person, my identity how I identify has nothing to do with somebody else. Uh, yes, I, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's just an excuse. It's an excuse to be homophobic. Sorry, so um, you kind of touched on it already that, um, you know, how you identify doesn't basically dictate or impact your ability to provide care. Sorry, you can't leave us, guys. Um, Provide care to a child. Um, So what are your views on adoption? Are you pro-adoption within your community? Do you have any reservations about the process? at all do you know what's funny yeah like i don't know anyone that is planning to have kids in our community that thinks about adoption as an option even though it is and then when but when we speak to people that have had kids they do speak about oh they thought about going the adoption route i don't think i know anyone that's gone down that route though um but they do consider it as an option but i don't know even for me like when i think about having more children i don't for some reason, adoption just doesn't come to my head for some reason. And, um, but yeah, like if it came down to it, I would 100% be open to that as well. Um, I think my girlfriend does want to, but even when we think about having children, it's like, that's not 
we're going to have children, how we're going to have children first and then look at adoption later on. Um, but I think, why not? Like, if you can provide a nice space and home for these children that need a home, um, I think they, people should go for it for sure. But it's weird that no one really... Nana, do you know anyone that? No, I don't. And I think, like, it's generally just Black people as a whole. I don't think we're adopting as much as, like, other groups. Because I remember... Um, I remember one of my family friends, her her grandchild was put up for adoption and an Asian family adopted her. And there was this, all these questions about, oh, like she would be much better in a, in, a, in a black family. But it's just like, there are no, you know, black people doing that. So yeah, it's, I think it's a, it's a problem. And obviously the queer community is smaller within, you know, the black group. So then it's just not really happening, but it's definitely, I feel like if I, if I can do it, I'd love to, because there are kids that are already here that need, you know, love and care and support and stuff. So definitely, it's definitely an option. It's definitely an option. Well, you mentioned that you're a mother. How have you found um, raising your daughter with being who you are? Because, you know, children ask lots of questions in school. They ask questions like, how was it? At what age did you have you taken time to explain to her? How, how you live or your lifestyle choices? Has it been easy? Has it been difficult? Just how's it been? I'm just curious. Um, you know, up until last year, so she's going to be 10 this year. So she just turned nine. And um, last up until last year, I don't think she even noticed anything. For her, I'm just her mum. Like to her, she never really, the way I dress, I don't think she's ever clocked up until last year that, hold on, no mum, kind of just as different to my friend's mums or like the fact that I have a girlfriend I don't think to her it was just like, okay that's who I'm like isn't it like to her there was no like even gay lesbian bi trans all of that there was no labels she knew what they were but there were just no, no labels to her and I did like that innocence um and also she obviously knew about like hetero relationships my brother um has girlfriend and stuff like that as well so she saw she just saw different examples of different types of relationships and we just at the time we just told her that she can love whoever she wants to love and that was just that was just it for her but then last year we went to me and Anna went to um the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter marches and we had Black Queer Lives Matter and Black LGBT Lives Matter on our placards before we left the house. And she was like, oh, mommy, like, what does LGBT mean? And it's like lesbian, gay, bisexual and trans. And she was like, huh? Like, what is that? And I was like, I'm a lesbian. Do you know that I'm a lesbian? And she was like, what? So anyway, I was like, you know what? We're going to have this conversation tomorrow. It's, it's time. It's time. So um, the next day, um, I sat her down and I explained um, what they were to her. And she was kind of like, she goes, she was kind of disappointed that it's a thing, to be honest. She was kind of like, oh. And I did say to her as well, like, you know, some people don't understand um, about our community. And, you know, that some people are going to say some bad things sometimes. And that's why we had to mention that we, we put it out there to say that Black Queer Lives Matter as well, because we're also including in Black Lives Matter. And it's like, we had to specify because some people don't think that we are, our lives matter as much as everyone else's. And she was kind of like, oh, like she was quite, she was quite sad about it. But, um, but also, up until, but she's been cool, like she's been fine since up until this week. So um, she's in year five now, you know, like in primary school, people start fancying people, whatever, whatever. So um, one of her friends fancies one, one of her friends, a girl, some girl, she's a boy fancies a girl. And um, she was like, oh, why didn't you tell her that you fancy her then? And he said, oh, because she fancies another girl. And then she innocently said, oh, so they're lesbians. Thinking like, it's normal, like everybody knows. And they were like, who you call a lesbian? And they started shouting, duh, 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 and they were upset. And then she came, she came, she literally came home crying because that's the first time she's experienced that. Hold on, people actually think this is a, is a bad thing. So she was like, oh, like she and she was so sad. The next day, she tried not to go to school. The next day, like she kept thinking about it. And then I was, I just said to her. I told remember I told you last year some people just don't understand and I just told her like those people they're not lucky enough to have someone at home teaching them about different types of love and when I told her that they're not as lucky as she is for someone to teach them she was like oh okay she felt like okay so one up for me then and then she was okay to go to school but yeah that's how that's how our journey has been with that Wow. And you know what? I, the innocence is amazing. And that is just not a thing for her as well. That's so cool. But I really thought they started teaching about it in schools. 
I remember hearing talk yeah. of them like introducing different families and different um yeah things into the curriculum. So I guess they haven't started yet. No, I didn't have a start. I don't think I don't think it's compulsory for all schools to as well. Like some oh, it's wow. optional, people are just doing it as an option, but her school hasn't they don't do it. So, you know, there's gonna be a bit of that, isn't there? <laughs> Um, Nana, you haven't um, really spoken about kids. Obviously, you haven't got any kids, but where, are you planning on having kids, actually? I think that's a good question to ask. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I mean, it, it changes every day. You know, it changes every day because I, I do a lot. So I'm like, how am I going to add a small person, a small human being into my life? Like, I mean, you know, people do it. And my girlfriend's just like, people make it work. Okay, just calm down. But um, I watched Master of None, uh, Moments in Love. I don't know if anyone's watched it, um, but it was about Lena Waif and her journey with her wife. And then they wanted to have a kid. And then the whole IVF process, guys, oh my God, the money, you know, the emotions, the tears, it not working, trying again and again and again. I was like, am I really ready to go through this? Because... You know, as as a queer person, these are the things that you have to think about, like getting sperm, all these things. Like, you know, luckily we have, we do have a donor, our friend who's lovely and amazing and good looking uh, and smart. And yeah, so we, you know, we have, we have a donor, but it's like, you know, all these other things when it comes to IVF, things that you have to think about. It's not just, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and then you're pregnant, you know, which is, which is a privilege. Um... So, yeah, but I am planning to have kids maybe in the next two years, hopefully, um, because I just think it's going to be the greatest thing I ever do. Like, you know, any every, everything else that I do is going to be amazing, but that one thing is going to be the greatest thing I ever do. So, yeah, I'm planning to have kids. Oh, you sound like you're in mommy mode already. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's the greatest thing I've ever done, but, you know... <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure it trust oh, me. Like okay. I feel like bringing a human into the world come on, and looking after them is not easy, you know. Like seeing people do it, I see people around me do it. I don't know. And one thing I will say about Rosie is that with her, yeah, it just looks so easy. I don't know how she does it, guys. I don't know how Rosie does it, but it she makes it look so easy. Like what? It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> it is so hard and it's so challenging. Um, mm. But Rosie, I've got, I've just got a different kind of question um, for you, and it's just literally popped into my head. Um, your daughter's ten years old. So ten years ago, did you identify as who you identify as now? Um, I really, I'm just interested, and I think our listeners might be interested to know as well. Um, were you interested at me- in men at some point? Was it natural conception? I just, just really jumped into my head. Yeah, I, how I present today, it wasn't quite the same then. It wasn't quite the same. <laughs> but I did. I knew that I liked women as well, and I had really been with women too. And um, with guys, I was just. I felt like I needed to find the right one for me to be interested. So I was just trying. I was trying to see. And um, with Amari's dad, it was definitely. I was seeing if I liked a guy and. I found that I didn't, but I got a child in the process as well. So that's great. And um, so, yeah, it was natural conception as well. Um, yeah, that, that was, but I really, I knew that I liked women at the time. Yeah. Okay. And um, a question, was it um, also difficult for you getting into the dating scene um, with a child and already being a mother? Was that challenging for you at all? Listen, let me tell you something about lesbians. They love a child. They love a baby mom. Let me tell you something. No <laughs> lie. love a baby mom. <laughs> Why? What is it? Is it the snacks, the Capri Suns? What is it? Maybe. Like, I don't know what it is. But I've got friends. Everyone that she's dated has been a baby mom in the past how many years. Like, people just do. Like, they just grab. And also, I feel like because... Um, a lot of people are quite maternal, like as women and stuff, like, you know, they do want kids and stuff. And so when you have one already, obviously, like Nana said, it's expensive. It's expensive to get have another child, IVF and stuff. Um, so when you already have a child, they just feel like, oh my God, this is family. They feel like it's family. And I feel like a lot of women that I dated thought I would be more serious because I had a child at the time. And to be honest, I wasn't that serious. I was just living my best life. But they did feel like, oh, she's going to settle down with me then, but no. (laughs) Up until my relationship now, yeah, no, I didn't. (laughs) 
Wow. And Nana, you sparked my brain on the sperm donor thing. You know, you said you've got this guy friend who's going to do it. So, like, did, did you guys approach him and ask him? Did he just offer? Will you we, guys have like, a contract in place? How did it work? <laughs> we approached him. Basically, he doesn't want kids. So he's going to be the fun uncle. That's what he said. Like, I uh, wanted... I wanted the kids to have a dad. I don't know. I just feel like it, it takes a village. And I was. I just feel like it's good to have different people in your kids' lives. So I actually did want a dad. I know like some people, so everyone is different. Some same-sex couples, they don't want, you know, the donor involved. They just want to do the things. Because having like two, you know, two mouths opinions is enough. You know, when you add another one is a bit long. But um, I just wanted my kids to have just everything. Do you know what I mean? And that includes like a father figure or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, we're going to, he, we approached him and he was like, yeah, like he'll be, he's definitely down to do it because he doesn't want kids and he'd just be the fun uncle. And he just like, whenever you're ready, just let me know. And yeah, go time. So two years, two years, yeah. So will you have, do you plan on having like a contract in place or is he, is he going to like hand over all rights to you? Or is I he going to have a say in everything? Well, we've not got I that far yet. We haven't got that far, but I think like it is the smartest thing to do is, is to have a contract. But because, I mean, you never say never. Things can happen and people can move mad. You just never know. Like, I'm not going to be naive and say, oh my God, you know, we're such good friends. We get on so well. Nothing bad can ever happen. No, but you know, we haven't fought that far down yet, but yeah, we are definitely, uh, we definitely want to do it. And I am, I know people, a lot of people would think that I wouldn't want to carry because I'm masculine presenting, but I actually do want to carry. So I've, I will be going first because my girlfriend wants to keep her body for as long as she can, um, which is valid. Um, but yeah, so I'll be going first. <laughs> Interesting. And I think that kind of makes, I was doing a little bit of reading because I like to do a bit of research before. Um, in the UK, Basically, if you have like a surrogate, because I know your your route is different, so you're going to be um, carrying the baby, so you're going to be pregnant. Um, but if you opted to go down the surrogacy route in the UK, I don't know if you guys know this, but the biological parents, so the mum, the lady who carries and whoever sperm it is, they actually have to be listed on the birth certificate. So you guys, for instance, you wouldn't actually be listed as birth parents on the birth certificate in other countries it's okay they they will allow the couple who are going to be raising the child to be listed as the actual parents um and that was just probing me to think does the law in the uk need to change does there need to be modifications um or are we purely looking at like the genetics of everything and if you're the you're the mum, you're the dad, so you're on the birth certificate rather than who the actual parents are and who's gonna be doing the day-to-day the caring and stuff like that. What do you guys think about that? Um, I didn't actually know that, like, but I do feel like, you know, there are just people who like with, when it comes to surrogacy, like it literally just is that what it is. Like people just want to do a nice thing for a couple that can't have kids. And so then that makes these people, the parents, like, so I don't understand why, you know, the biological parent, uh, the biological birth parents are, have to be on the, on the um, thingy. I don't understand that, but I, I don't know what the laws are in regards to like queer couples. I think if say, for instance, I uh, got pregnant, I had a child, I gave birth. I think my partner would, I think if we were married, she doesn't have to adopt. I think that's, I think they've changed the law. Cause I think before they, even if they were married, even if we were married, like my partner would have to adopt the child. But I think they've changed the law now. Yeah. So which is which is good because it doesn't make any sense. It's, if it was a straight couple, you know, they don't have to adopt. Why should we have to adopt? So, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that if whoever the parents, who's going to be the care of the child should be on the birth certificate. Because ultimately, like... That, that's weird because when you take that document around it's like proof of you're the parents so like why do you know what I mean I think it's, that it's only makes sense to have it on there I don't think it should necessarily be about genetics and stuff like that um, and also like further down the line the kids might if they're still the birth certificate they might end up having questions and depending on whether you've been open about the surrogacy and it's like it, it could create some problems but um, yeah I think just the parents should be on the birth certificate for sure yeah 
Oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I just found it really interesting that even though things are progressing, as Rack said before, it's still not quite there yet. <laughs> There's still a lot of progression to be made. Um, and there's still a lot of reading. I like reading. Not a lot of people like reading or a bit of research should be done. And just asking people, having conversations, like just talking, we're all humans. Um, I know we're doing this virtually. Normally we'd be in the studio, um, but just having conversations and just really understanding people for who they are, even me, Rax, whoever, um, and just being able to have those those types of conversations. Um, Rax, have you got any, any other questions that's popped up in your head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a big one when you speak to people in the community is about like coming out because I've always heard how hard it can be and there are things like, should people even have to come out? I don't know if you guys had to like do an official coming out thing, but I think it would be good if you could share, I don't know, how people can make it, how you felt about coming out, like what it was like for you and what you found supportive or what you would have found supportive. You know, so that if someone is listening and they're thinking about coming out or they've got a friend who's coming out to them, they know how to, they have a bit of insight into what it could be like. Obviously, it's different for everyone, but a bit of insight to what it could be like and how they could be as supportive as possible. Um, I think that before coming out, um, it can be a lonely process. It can feel really lonely. So make sure you have some sort of like support like whether that's in friendships or whatever that that looks like to you um 100 make sure you have support and also maybe you might get kicked out so maybe somewhere to stay as well there's also that possibility i feel like the thing about coming out i don't think coming out should be a thing i don't think anyone should feel pressured to i feel like it should be optional i just feel like people should just live as they are but obviously sometimes you have you have to or you sometimes you get dragged out of the closet or whatever it is and there is an explanation there at the end of the day and but you just have to make sure there is somewhere safe for you to go I think that's the main thing you can't control other people's reactions you can't control the narrative all you can do is be yourself so whilst you're coming out as well in the process also stay true to who you are and how you identify as as well because when I when I first came out I came out as bisexual because um I was trying to give my friends at the time and my family hope that maybe one day I will still be with a guy. And I thought that maybe it will soften the blow a little bit if I came out as bisexual. And I never ever told them, okay, I'm just a lesbian, but they, they've kind of realized, okay, she's not, she's just not gonna go to guys anymore as time has gone on. Um, but when I did come out, I, I did get kicked out when I, when I came out and um, and then, but I had somewhere to go. Um, and the reason why I decided to come out when I did is because, it, but it wasn't a big thing. It was, it was definitely not planned. I was having a conversation with my mom and I was just like, you're just moving like this because I would date women. That's what I said. That's how it came out. And she was kind of like, what? Like she knew that I was dating women because I knew she kept asking my other siblings, is she a lesbian and stuff like that? So she knew, but, um, but she, we never had that conversation. So yeah, that's how I came out. But the reason why I felt okay to say it then is because I knew who I was I was comfortable with who I was and also I knew that if she wanted to go I was okay with going that I knew that I had somewhere to go and it was still hard it doesn't mean it was easy it was still that <laughs> hackney council I was sitting there saying I was homeless for days and days before they gave me a temporary flat key but like but I knew that I was ready to go through it I was ready to do that so um so yeah, just make sure you're right mentally as well. That's that's the I think that's number one actually. Make sure you're right mentally before you do it. Um, yeah, I think I don't know. It's it's, it's a funny one because I'm 29 now, and I I think I came up when I was 21, and I you know, now I'm like, oh, I don't feel like people need to come out. Like I don't really feel like it's a big deal. But now I'm thinking back. It was I had finally reached a point where. I was okay with myself. I, I had accepted myself. I was comfortable. I was as comfortable as I, I, I had ever been at the time. So it was like, for me, it was coming out was, it was, uh, it was an important moment. It was something to be proud of. And I think that's what it, when I think back now, I'm thinking that's what it was. And that's why I felt the need to come out. It was like this burden just being lifted I felt free I felt lighter um and that's what it was for me but it was hard it was hard it was very very hard <laughs> like thinking back now and it's funny because 
like I was at the time I was 21, I was dating someone. Um, you know who I was dating, guys. Uh, I was dating someone and my mom was just like, my, my, you know, I was telling everyone and my parents were the last stop and I was quite, you know, vocal on Twitter and my sister had seen it. And she was like, oh, why, why, why are you so, why are you telling everyone? Why are you so vocal about this? You know, our family friends could see this and go back to our parents. And I was like, just mind your business and look after your picnic. I was a bit rude. Um, and she got vexed and so she outed me to, that our parents and you know she told my mom and my dad I was thinking raw you could have told one parent but you went to both like and my mom you know she I heard my mom you know repeat the word bisexual because I had come out as bisexual as well repeat the word bisexual I was like oh she's told her and I was angry I was pacing around my room and my mom came downstairs and she's like what's going on what's going on like what's going on I was like I know you know don't pretend that you don't know and she's like no what's going on is it a boy and I was like I know you know can you just be up front and she's like well is it a girl and I was I was just so angry and she's like is it that light-skinned girl that's always in the house (laughs) it's like oh boy you don't need to come for her um but like it's been a process I feel like we're finally at the point where she's finally coming to accept it it's been it's been years now so she's finally come to accept it and she's finally accepting my girlfriend and you know before she wouldn't say hello to any of the girls that come to the house like she was just rude um but she's finally get she's finally getting there my dad doesn't care he just laughs he thinks everything is funny he's just like oh how's your girlfriend and he'll be laughing but yeah it's just it's it, it takes a while and as rosie said just make sure if you're going to come up that you you're out the house because sometimes you don't know what the reaction is going to be you might think it's going to be okay and it's bad you know and you know just make sure that you have a safe space to go to a community uh you know so yeah that's really important Uh, if it is bad and if you have to leave sometimes it's better for the healing because now me and my mum have a great relationship do you know what I mean and her and my girlfriend are some besties like when my girlfriend is not around my mum says it feels weird that she's not here like so it but we needed the space to come back. So sometimes it's okay. Like, you know, sometimes they need to, they also need to, we need to give them patience as well. Like this is not something that they grew up with, especially when we growing up in Ghana. And it's not something, when we have kids, we do have expectations. We shouldn't really have expectations of our children, but we do. And, you know, that's not something that she expected for me. So it's like, she also had to grieve certain things that she was hoping that I would become and all of that. So you have to have patience for them to like, just grieve who they thought you were and like just accept this new person. So um, that's one thing I want to say as well. Like as much as you have to be yourself, but you also need to give grace to them as well. It's only fair. Yeah, you literally just touched on, I think the last question for me, which was like, why do parents get so much backlash for not accepting certain things of their child? Because like you just said, Rose, um, we literally, Rose, sorry, we've literally got expectations of our child, even if we don't vocalise it, even if we don't let anyone else know, deep down in my heart, and in the back of my mind, I know that there are certain things that I want for Cass. And I know that his, well, his dad will vocalise it. Like, I want him to do this, this or this. And if that doesn't happen, 100% you're going to feel some kind of way. You're going to feel, oh my gosh, like, what kind of child did I raise here? Or do you know what I mean? And especially when it's something when, you know, there's fear with you. Because as a parent, if you if your child comes out as gay or queer or whatever... And it, it goes against your religious views, community views, what your friends think of you. That's you also being ostracized within your community as a parent as well. So it's just like, oh, how are the other mums going to look at me when I go to this party? Or what is this dad going to say to me when I'm, do you know what I mean? So I feel like parents, they have it hard as well. Um, and I think it's easier said than done to say, oh, well, parents need to research, our parents need to be understanding that it doesn't mean that these parents don't love their children any less. Um, I think Rose has made a valid point that they're grieving the person that they thought that their child would grow into be. So I thought that was very, very, um, yeah, key. Thanks for sharing that. I just want two tips. So one tip from each of you um, for parents of children who identify um, within the LGBTQ a plus community um how well, can they the support their the child oh did i forget the beam i forgot i covered it all yeah so how can their parents um support them um and just bearing in mind the last thing that we touched on so just one tip from me both please um i think it's definitely patience i know like it's hard you know for me i was 
for a long time, I was very resentful of my parents. And then I got to a point where I was like, I had this realization, like, I can't do this. Like, I want them in my life. They want me in theirs. And I can't do this. I have to give them grace. I have to be patient with them. And that's when I had, I was patient enough to have my parents unlearn certain things and I educated them and stuff. Like, it doesn't work if you're both button heads and you're both angry. Like, sometimes the child needs to calm down. Do you know what I mean? But for a tip for a parent is just to, it's just to it's just to it's just to love your kid through it it's going to be hard it's not always going to be easy as we all said you guys have expectations of your kids it's a natural thing do you know what I'm saying it's a natural thing and don't beat yourself up about it like it's it's got nothing to do with you it's not your fault like it's just it's just is what it is some people just be gay <laughs> do you know what I'm saying like it just is what it is so just just take time be patient and just love your kids through it it's just about leading with love so that's my tip yeah, my tip is quite similar to Nana's. I would say love your children unconditionally. And I think unconditionally is the key word here. Um, I think that means you love your children for who they are, who whatever they identify as. And that is that. And through that love, if you don't understand something, it should now lead you to try to understand it um, because it is unconditional love. So that is what my number one tip is. Thank you so, so, so much, guys, for sharing your tips. Thank you for coming on um, and speaking with us today on this glorious bank holiday. <laughs> um, where can we find you guys, please? What's your plug? Go on, Anna. This is your, this is your remit. Is <laughs> not really. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at NotNanalise, and you can find the podcast on Twitter um, at tutus underscore podcast and on Instagram, tutus podcast. I'm producing a film which is about queer, black, queer love. And it's about mental health as well from the perspective of black queer women. So that should be coming out probably like August. We're still raising money for it. But we just need a representation. It's so important. Like the queer community is huge. And as I said before, like it is the, fo the focus is white people. And we need to shift it. And we need to, you know, we need to we need that representation. So, you know, watch out for that. And my Twitter is row underscore rever and my instagram is row full stop rever and uh, the black lgbt fund is black lgbt fund on twitter and instagram and um yeah lastly we raised um almost ninety thousand pounds to um fund free processions for black queer people and it's a lot of work like it's, i expected to raise one thousand pounds it ended up being almost 90 so it was definitely exceeded expectations um but you know currently i think we've funded therapy for almost like 50 people now and um yeah we're still going it's something that just going to keep going you know Oh, thank you guys so much for that. Make sure you check it out. We will have all the links, etc., in our bio description boxes, wherever. Um, make sure you guys check out their podcast. Make sure you follow on Instagram. Um, we're basically Mama Drama Pod and we're on all platforms, YouTube, you know, you name it, Instagram. Check out our reels and also Apple Spotify podcast. Peace out, guys. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.